Hello everyone and welcome back to the first December episode of America's Recap. Today we're going to be talking about the ethics of research and development in science, technology, AI, medicine, just talking about ethics in general. But before that, I'm going to get into the most important news from this past week. And starting with the weekend before of November 28th and 29th, over the weekend, both Arizona and Wisconsin confirmed that Joe Biden won the electoral votes in both of their states, marking yet another week of Trump's election lawsuits failing to change the results in any state. And speaking of Joe Biden, his personal physician announced that while playing with one of his dogs, the president-elect fractured his foot and will be wearing a protective boot for the next few weeks. Uh, this is important because Biden will be the oldest president ever elected at the age of 78 on Inauguration Day, so his health will be closely watched throughout all of his presidency. On Monday, drug maker company Moderna applied for FDA emergency authorization for their COVID-19 vaccine, which the company found to be 94.1% effective in phase three trials. Uh, and those trials are, of course, the ones where they're testing them on humans. Uh, just 10 days later, 10 days earlier, rather, pharmaceutical company Pfizer applied for authorization. And then on December 17th, which is a little more than 10 days from now, a panel of experts will report to the FDA for conclusions on whether to recommend one, both, or neither vaccine. Also on Monday, one of President Trump's top uh, pandemic advisors named Scott Atlas resigned from the White House. And this is important because Atlas, who was a neuroradiologist with no infectious disease background or public health experience, spent his term as an advisor to spread conspiracy theories about COVID-19, he advocated for herd immunity and he constantly or he repeatedly convinced the president to oppose strict restrictions on Americans, regardless of whether you think that's good or bad. He has resigned from the White House um, and this will definitely make way for the transition to President-elect Biden. On Tuesday, Attorney General William Barr said that he has, quote, not seen fraud on a scale that could have affected a different outcome in the election, end quote, which makes him the highest ranking official in the federal government to oppose President Trump's claims of widespread voter fraud. You can probably expect to see Barr either fired or reduced in position uh, soon enough, and this is just a theme of uh, when disagreements occur in the White House, there tends to be a firing. Whether or not you think that's good or bad, it just happens to be a theme. Also on Tuesday, the CDC's Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices released recommendations for the first doses of a COVID-19 vaccine to be given to about 1, 21 million healthcare workers and 2, 3 million uh, it was confusing. 21 million healthcare workers and 3 million nursing home residents before the rest of the population. States will be advised to follow this by giving them to healthcare workers and nurse nursing staff first, but they will not be mandated to. On Wednesday, the CDC shortened the recommended quarantine period of 14 days to either seven days if an individual tests negative and shows no symptoms or 10 days without a test. And the agency is still recommending a 14-day quarantine as the best option. And that's interesting because that means that this change was not in the name of safety or into, like, say that a 14-day quarantine is no longer needed, but rather to encourage people to quarantine for at least 
some measure of time because for many people 14 days was too long and uh like too much of a hurdle to actually end up going into quarantine so hopefully this will convince more people right before the holidays also on wednesday the uk authorized pfizer's covid19 vaccine just days after it was submitted for review this makes the united kingdom the first western nation to grant emergency use authorization for a COVID vaccine and it will begin the process of distribution over the coming days. The one piece of news on Thursday was that the Warner Media, which is a media conglomerate, announced that it will release all of its 2021 films in both theaters and on its HBO Max platform simultaneously. If you're wondering why almost every news agency was reporting this, it's because this is the most aggressive position a studio has ever taken against theater companies. It shows that theater companies are losing their significance in the 20 in 2020 and 2021, and there are questions on whether or not this will significantly harm their sales over the coming years. On Friday, a federal judge in Brooklyn officially restored the Obama-era DACA program, which, if you remember, granted undocumented immigrants brought to the U.S. as children. It granted them work permits, which allowed them to lawfully live in the U.S. And the DACA program in 2017 was uh, attempted to be taken down by President Trump, and they haven't accepted new applicants since. Now a federal judge is ruling that that was unconstitutional and that now the DACA program has to be open to recipients beginning on this upcoming Monday. Education Secretary Betsy DeVos extended the moratorium on federal student loan payments until January 31st of 2021. It was scheduled to end on December 31st of this year. That gives it an additional month. The moratorium meant that all federal student loan borrowers will would have continued to see their loan payments automatically suspended until the 31st without any penalties and without any accumulated interest. This is actively happening. It's been extended a month, which will allow uh, President-elect Biden to decide whether once he wants to extend that. Uh, also on Friday, the Labor Department released very disappointing job figures, and it showed that in November, employers added just 245,000 jobs, and that might sound like a lot, but that's far lower than the 610,000 in October, and more importantly, it's less than half uh, as many as analysts expected. The numbers show that an economic recovery may be slowing down, and uh, hopefully it doesn't end up reversing if new lockdowns have been uh, imposed in such, uh, they've been imposed in like San Francisco, Los Angeles. If that would take a toll on it, we have yet to see. And then the final piece of news from this week is that on Friday for the first time, the CDC released advice urging quote, universal mask use in any indoor or outdoor area outside of one's own home. Previously, mask wearing was encouraged in public spaces around people. Now it's going to the full extreme to recommend wearing one, period, outside of your house, with obvious exceptions for activities where the user is completely isolated. And actually, there was one more piece of news. In a historic, historic moment, the House of Representatives voted to de decriminalize marijuana by passing the Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act on a vote of 228 to 164. Five Republicans voted for the proposal with the majority of Democrats. Six Democrats voted against the proposal. Uh, while this might sound really awesome and great, it's largely symbolic. 
because it is almost completely unlikely that the Republican Senate will either choose to take up the vote, or even if it does, it was extremely unlikely that they will ever pass the measure, essentially making this dead on arrival. Uh, that's all the news for this week, and now uh, we're going to have a discussion with me, Adam, Tamor, and uh, Carson on the ethics of science and technology, so stay tuned. All right, so I'm here now with Adam Tamor and a new friend named Carson Pastro. He's a computer science student at University of Florida. And today we're going to be talking about ethics, uh, specifically ethics in science and technology and all aspects of our life. Um, And I guess with this argument, there's like two positions you could take. You could either be more on the side of uh, going ahead with development of science and technology with less consideration ethics or doing it with more consideration ethics. And uh, if everyone wants to go ahead and pick a side, uh, I, I would say that I'm on the side of more consideration of ethics in that like, in order to progress science uh, reasonably and fairly, we have to consider ethics every step yeah. of the way. Um, so Carson, where do you... I would say I'm issue? probably more towards the uh, advancement of technology and science rather than ethics. I mean... It's obvious you have to like keep in mind ethical concern, you know, to an extent. But I think I'm definitely more in favor of of the progression of science and technology. Okay, uh, I'm Adam. in agreement with Carson. Uh, I don't want our world to be turning into like 1984 or something along Brave New World, some sort of dystopia. But I am for the progression of science and technology at all, basically okay. more or less whatever cost. Okay, I'd probably say um. Kinda in the middle, honestly. I'm in the middle. Oh, he's a bitch. Oh, shut up. I'm the one y'all gonna like. I'm sway me somewhere. So, sway okay. me somewhere. So for Carson, Carson and Adam, what are some situations that you would see like your beliefs being represented? Like maybe whether it's with like I don't know. Carson was saying the Patriot Act in the chat, but like w- anything where you think your consideration. Uh, I think foremost, like animal testing. Uh, I don't agree with like those people who who consider animal testing to be cruel because it's like what's our other option? You know, like y- you can't just develop mm-hmm. some sort of new. Uh, and I guess I won't take the COVID vaccine for example, but uh, like makeup or like acne cream for something. You know, you can't like like just start testing on a humans because what if like you know dissolves skin tissue or whatever? Like unfortunately. We uh we beat them on the food chain, so like you know you'd start with like a rat or whatever and move up to you know some more you know closer animal to humans like a, a cat or a goat or something sheep you know and then you, you kind of have to test with animals because if you if you start with a person you know like I think that's just a, more of a pyramid of ethics like you you kind of have to obviously it's not you know black and white it's a spectrum but I would say you, you definitely have to start testing on animals which people find like you know, unethical, but I think that's like, what's our other option, you know? I, I guess that, I completely you know, agree I, that makes sense. Like the food chain, hold it. Like dogs chase cats who chases dogs. Now I'm not saying we always test on dogs, but like in instance, rats and such, you know? Yeah. And obviously people have more of an attachment to like dogs and cats cause they're pets. So, you know, there's a lot of people who are like fine with testing on rats, but like aren't as fine with, you know, people testing on dogs, but yeah. 
Yeah, like I completely agree because a lot of the research where you would consider ethics to the fullest extent, like where you're considering animals, maybe some people like aborted fetus cells and stem cells and such, you wouldn't have a hell of a lot of the drugs and the treatments that we have today. I think the uh, the antibody treatment uh, that President Trump took when he got COVID-19 was uh, actually like made from, I think, stem cells or aborted cells. I can't remember, but I think... Going through those hoops is just like basic ethics is what I advocate for. And what I mean by that is like making sure you have consent and all, um, which is pretty much like universal nowadays. So I agree with you on that. Adam, what about what's a situation where like you think your ideas would be well represented? Um, I mean, I'm going to run with the animals again. Uh, when we looked at the just what just happened, Elon Musk and his demonstration for Neuralink, uh, the first test subjects for it were pigs. And that's kind of representation of like, let's say we decided to do that test immediately on a human, right? We jump right off the boat and test Neuralink, which is essentially an implanted brain chip into a human being. That's, that's where we cross the line of ethics and start off small and testing with pigs, animals, whatever animals, rats, and kind of start progression with research through that. Okay, that makes sense. So I'll, I'll here I'll pose a question to both both you and Carson again. So there was at the beginning when they were starting vaccine trials, there was a consideration on whether or not to do trials where people would agree to get infected with COVID nineteen, and then they would be um, given like the placebo or like a real vaccine and see what the effects are. Like basically, it would have taken vaccine trials a much shorter amount of time if. Uh, some of these had been conducted, but a lot of them, I don't think any of them occurred until very late into the process because a lot of scientists were concerned about the ethics of like, what if someone dies from like uh, saying yes to contracting COVID-19 and what would you say to that? Like, would you say, let those trials pursue in the name of science or would you say, no, that's like ethically and morally wrong? You can, you can go ahead, Adam. I'm sorry. What was the question? (laughs) 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 Let me, let me say it really short vaccine trials at the beginning of the pandemic, they were considering letting people say, yes, I want to get infected with COVID-19. It would have accelerated vaccine trials, but people were saying it's unethical because uh, what if someone dies, right? So they never ended up happening for a while into it. Do you think the trial should have occurred? At, like, do you think they should have gone forward with it? Or do you think it's ethical? Um, I mean, there's always a way around it. I would say, because, you know, I'm all for technological and medical progression through any bounds necessary. Um, stay Wait, with me here. Bounds? Stay with me no. here. <laughs> but, I mean, we could go on and do test trials on, like, death row inmates or people in jail oh. and stuff like that. Oh, wait, 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 wait. This oh, wait, you agree, agree with that? Okay. I gotta, so, like, wait, I gotta, I gotta say uh, so. So, if you think about, like, um, uh, you know, like, like euthanasia type, yeah. like, like, sort of predicament, you know, that's like a, a common hot topic, like whether or not, you know, you should have assisted suicide by like physicians yeah. or whatever. And so, basically, at its, at its worst case in this, uh, you know, testing for the vaccine, at its worst case, the people would consent to them be like dying, essentially. Like they consent to the to the worst case possible. Mm-hmm. You know, they also consent to whatever benefits you know they might bring from the vaccine. But if they if they consent 
to the worst thing possible. They're consenting to death, essentially. And so that also like reminds me of that of like physician assisted suicide and euthanasia in the sense that like it's it's illegal in most places. Am I am I wrong? Like I think it, there's like a few states where it's legal. There are but, a few, and there's like, a few countries also, internationally that approve. Yeah, so I would say generally suicide. people consider that unethical. That you can't let someone consent to death because it's illegal to kill yourself in America, at least. Um, so I'd say that it, it it is it's a gray line. Like it's 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 unethical to let someone consent to death at its worst case. So I I also I don't know that I agree with just like letting death row inmates do it because you know that's part of like due process and stuff in our in our legal system. We kind of have to leave that up to their you know, jurisdiction of like the judge and jury, whatever they're sentenced to. Like, I don't know that you can really just test someone just because they're going to die anyways. Might as well just infect them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with Carson in this case. Like, I think it used to be done on uh, prisoners. There used to be uh, testing and such done on prisoners. And then there were specific laws passed, not just for ethics as a whole, but for ethics in on prisoners, meaning that you have to obtain like special consent before you end up doing studies on prisoners because they're all unique populations and all. Um, I, yeah, I don't yeah, know if I agree that's... with what Adam was saying on the death. I want to wait. I want to hear your explanation yeah. for them. Interested. What's up? <laughs> on the death row to, to allow or like to say instead of testing these on like regular people, we should test them on people who are on like death row or maybe in prison for life or something like that. Yeah, give me a second, uh, because I started off as a joke, and now you want me to actually spin on it, so. Oh, no, no, okay, never, I thought you were serious. Uh, it was a, Well, here, a here's a, a like, take for Adam's defense. People people in, in prisons are at a much higher risk to contract COVID, right? At least earlier in, like, when it, when it started, because they're in, you know, less suitable mm-hmm. conditions, they're in close quarters, or close quarters and stuff, so it's they're they're at a high risk of contracting it but i feel like once they contract it they might be able to consent to a vaccine but i I don't think they can consent to like being diseased with covid Hmm. okay that makes sense okay yeah i i don't know it's a tricky issue because uh i mean like in this specific case like his i think in a lot of ethics scenarios you have to take it case by case in this situation where, like, we may have saved days or weeks or maybe months by engaging in, like, early stage uh, trials where, like, people were agreeing to get infected. Because, you know, right now the problem, a lot of the problem with waiting this long for phase three trials was that you're sending people back out and you're kind of just waiting for people to get infected, people to get COVID-19. And then the C, wait until, like, what was it? In one of the trials, like, 70 or 80 people got infected, right? And it took them weeks or months to get to that point. So uh, in this situation, I think it would it would have been fine to go ahead with that. Um, but going along with that, we're saying like whether people can agree to get infected with COVID. Um, you said euthanasia, which is a great comparison because that's people agreeing to basically like a phys- physician-assisted suicide. And I want to get everyone's opinion on this. Tamor, you haven't uh, yeah. I haven't brought you in much. What, what do you euthanasia? think about euthanasia? I believe it should be ultimately, I think it should be legal, right? But it should be ultimately up to the person at hand or the person that can decide for them if it's a case of dementia. Like dementia, I really think that 
and until there's a cure for dementia, I really think that they should always just, like follow through with assisted suicide once they hit the later stages. So because it, it's a terrifying disease, so I, I, it's at some point it becomes impossible. If if so, I may, like add like a a nuance kind of to that. What about someone who's in like a vegetative state who who maybe they're like comatose? They can't really. I mean, obviously they can't respond to any any sort of verbal or like really any you know conversational piece from a doctor or whoever yeah. you know whoever's taking care of them so say like i think it's it's law that like if if a a wife is in a vegetative state and like the husband has control over their uh their like uh i don't know their their state of being i think i think that's like the law that's in states where it's legal uh for physicians yeah. to suicide so what if someone's like in a, in a vegetative state and their spouse is like go ahead you know pull the plug or whatever like, what if that other person who is in the vegetative state, like, has hope or a shot that they believe that they'll actually, you know, recover from it? Obviously, they can't think that we know of because they're, in, yeah. you know, comatose. And, but I think, yeah, state that intent. And, you know, of course, this should be a last case resort. You should not have to go straight to this suicide. You should be going, you should be running your clock down. You should be taking every single step possible that's, you know, in their means. It's only when it's at that point, well, that, you know, still it's up to them. So that's more of like a, like a personal, like, would you do it? When would you do it? But what about like ethically, should anyone be allowed to do it? Cause what if there are people who like, you know, people fucking hate their spouses, dude. Like what if, what if there's someone who their spouse is, you know, like take an example of someone who has yeah. like a lot of money, you know, and what if their spouse wants that money and they immediately, that can spend, life, you know, that should, is that ethical to yeah. let them do yeah. it at whatever, you know, whatever their discretion. Hmm. Yeah, feel free. Can I jump in here? I wanted to say I wanted to respond to what Carson was saying. I think that's a that's a great point because you have to consider. I think with euthanasia is a very uh, tricky line because you have to like if I were to say make it legal, then you have to remember you're gonna have to make it so that people who are like you were saying people who are comatose or in a vegetative state or people with dementia or Alzheimer's or any sort of mental condition that might impact their decision should not be able to say yes to things like this and people who are unable to even speak for themselves at all should not have family members around them dictating life or death right i think this should absolutely be a decision that's only available for people who might be in uh like a, let's say a terminal case uh cancer where their mental state is fine but they're on a track to death and it's a very painful track and they would rather just pass away earlier um, and, and also in the case of money, I think there should be considerations on, uh, yeah, like whether there's like, I don't know, a life insurance policy or something like that, or, or the family is worried about medical bills and they might be like pressuring the patient to, uh, opt into euthanasia. So it's a tricky slope, but at the same time, I'm not against it because a lot of the arguments against it have really just been based in religion solely like just saying like oh it's not ethical like god didn't intend for people to go out via suicide or something like that um and, which yeah, those i course, don't agree like, with and you course, also gotta but, realize like yeah. i guess i'm trying to make a counter argument to what's already not even a substantial argument but if it's against your religion don't do it if it's like I, freedom of religion says that or at least in america of course like i'm just gonna keep in the context of america right if it's, it goes against my religion for you know, to take that route, we don't take that route. I have to deal with the consequence, but we don't take that route because in my, in, as a as a religious person, I wouldn't do that. But for the person that doesn't need to, if it doesn't fit their beliefs, 
then by all means flip the coin, take whatever choice you want. So a question that I would pose is, is like ethically, you know, to you, you would, you would, you wouldn't do that for religious reasons or whatever, but should like, should it be like an option for everyone or should it be like ethically in my religion? I don't think this is, you know, appropriate or, or whatever term you would use. So I don't think that anybody should do it because like, you know, of, of whatever, whatever reasons you have. Oh, oh, wait, hold on. Hold well, on. I'll asking. make the bridge to he the argument. You So, no, my bad. I mean, like I said, I didn't say it was me who I have, I have a problem with it. I'm saying it goes like, I mean, I guess, yeah, since I'm a religious person, it would go against my religion. I would go against it, but I can't stop anybody else from doing it because. As Frank Ocean once said, what's a god to a non-believer? God damn. <laughs> uh, can I say something about that? I think that, I think that uh, that's a very similar case scenario to abortion where a lot of people are – I mean it's true. Like the fundamental – whether you agree with it or not, the argument is that because it may go against – there are other arguments. But one of them is that it goes against – my whatever it is, Christian religion, Jewish religion, whatever it is. And because of that, I think that nobody should be able to get an abortion. Uh, and I don't think that that logic is uh, like fallible. I don't think that that's a fair methodology uh -oh. to like go by because I think it's pretty clear that if you're going to follow your own uh, religious barriers or restrictions, what whatnot, like you have full right to do that. But it's not fair to extend that upon other people, which is why in the cases of like euthanasia, I don't think that that's appropriate. I don't know if, if that I answers the question. Abortion, real quick, right? Technically, mm -hmm. I'm pro-choice, but I believe it's. Uh, I guess here, I'm a mix, right? I believe it. That, like you know, a baby's born at conception, right? That's a that's living, but it's their choice that they want to do it. However, it's also let's say if it was my wife. She wants to go get an abortion, right? And it's for something that I can't control. It's my choice whether I want to leave, want to leave them or not. Because am I really going to be associated with, in my eyes, someone that kills a baby? So, I'm, I'm, so you're saying that, I'm like, pro, personally, yeah, you're against it, but like as, as a, a societal overall thing, society, I'd be so you would be for if it. I, if I, if I. I think a lot of people here. Are like I think that, yeah. that like makes you by definition fully pro-choice, right? Like that's just yeah, a but, moral yeah, standpoint. Like right. I would never do it, but I think you should have the choice. That that's yeah. like obviously no one's like pro-abortion. No one's like no, like no, let's no, let's no, get it done. Babies. Yeah, yeah. Like by definition, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't think anyone like, is like let's. I'm for it. I'm 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 not like I don't think anyone's not pro-abortion and like pro-abortion if you know what I mean. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like no one's no one's. For the actual saying, yeah. abortion, but they're just for the choice. So I think yeah, that, I, like what you said, where where mm -hmm. you would never yeah. do that personally, which I think, you know, most people wouldn't, because you know, I, I would say abortions are usually, uh, I don't know, I mean, I don't have a statistic, a statistic, but I would say abortions are usually either like accidental pregnancies or where you're in a situation where you can't afford a baby yeah. or the baby won't have like good living or, conditions, you know, or if it's like you know, yeah, sexual rape. assault, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Adam, I wanted to get your take on uh, the uh, euthanasia. Do euthanasia? you have an opinion on that? Oof, well, mm -hmm. I wrote about euthanasia last year in AP seminar for my IRR. Uh, so on the topic of euthanasia, it's a slippery slope 
I don't really know what to say that hasn't been said about it. So what? A slippery slope for what? Yeah, I'm interested in that. In terms of like, yeah, I want to hear that. Making it's so hard to come up with a definitive situation because, like earlier, Carson keeps throwing hypotheticals at the situation. Well, what if this happens? What if that happens? And continuously, you just keeps treading down thinner and thinner ice every time a new hypothetical comes up on the situation. So it's hard to come up with a definite black or white answer to should we legislate or should we not legislate euthanasia? So do you think, like, I'm, I, do you think that there should be like specific rule? I mean, specific rules or, or legislation put in place against, or not against, but more critically defining euthanasia or like when it's acceptable. Like, do you think there should be laws about like whether or not like you have to you have to get multiple physicians like uh, approval for euthanasia because like you know, there could be some sort of bias in, in one doctor who doesn't want someone to get euthanized because they'll get paid more for treatment over six months of like a terminal cancer. So like all these hypotheticals, basically are you saying like you have to define more specific rules around euthanasia rather than just saying it's black and white, like it's legal or it's not? I like that. Yeah, we should. I think that the, the, the decision on it should be placed in the hands of the doctors because at the end of the day, they're the ones who enact the euthanasia, which when you think about it, is a pretty a pretty hefty ethical load on them to terminate. Right, I life. agree. It's, that's what so, I was going to say earlier. Is, sorry, mm-hmm, true. you want to finish, finish your thought now? Yeah, and uh, Adam, correct was, me if I'm I was wrong. Adam oh, wait, what did you say, Tim? Oh, no, you're good. Okay. Continue your question. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Uh, to correct me if I'm wrong. When you say slippery slope, do you mean that, like, maybe some people are arguing right now for euthanasia only for, like, terminally, terminally ill patients, mm. and then maybe down the road it'll start to be allowed for more people, and it be, could become a thing where, like, I think I'm reading something, someone who opposes it, and they say that it, like, devalues human life after you go down that slope. Is that what you're arguing, or is it something different? I would say I, if I'm interpreting that right, I would be along the same lines of that. That the further you think yeah. about it and the further uh-huh. you keep going, it just keeps it keeps begging the question of how much is this person's life really worth saving versus worth terminating. So... Hmm. I understand the fear of uh, the slope. I I just think in this, if you're trying to like perfectly craft it, let's just say that like a slope didn't exist. I would be in support of like common sense euthanasia in the case of terminally ill people where like Carson was saying with multiple physicians, I do understand your point though. Like I, I don't know. Then it becomes a whole lot more of an ethical barrier when you're saying like, I don't know, people who aren't terminally ill, like people who have a chance of surviving from their disease, like a good chance of surviving, but they happen to be in a lot of pain or they happen to be old and granting them that, that, that thing. Uh, I don't know that that's a lot more difficult. And I don't think I would be in support of things like that. I was just saying, were you going to say something before? I was something I wanted to mention earlier, but about euthanasia is that the whole thing about, you know, having someone else, if or so to speak, the, like the whole dementia example, if like Carson had the whole thing about like if a husband, you know, if a husband's of like a wife is, you know, in a vegetative, I think, wait, yeah, I was in a vegetative state, they couldn't answer for it. If the husband wanted to, you know, pull a ticket real prematurely because of some sort of catalyst prior, of course, you'd have to get a second opinion on it, which is why I think either is an ex- probably the doctor would have to say it, would have to make that judgment for himself. So it'd probably go, if I had to order it, right? If in a vegetative state, 
Mm-hmm. You get the doctor's consent. Like he has to deal as an option, and then of course, finally the hus- the the significant others consent or whoever's in charge or in responsibility. Okay. Uh, can I segue yeah. to the next issue? And this was something that Carson brought up in the chat. And it uh, was yeah, the Patriot Act. Is that right, Carson? Or no? that? I wanted to add something that's like a little less hypothetical as like a, like ahead. euthanasia and a little more like concrete. Something that actually happened in like history. I don't know how familiar you guys are with like Henrietta Lacks. Do you guys yeah. know? Yeah, I was going to bring that up for a second. Yeah. yeah so yes. like that was obviously an yeah. absolutely crucial discovery for for medicine and in research in the medical field. But you know. Uh, I, I don't I don't know where I should stand on on uh you know that issue on HeLa cells. I think oh it's actually you know what let's give the listeners some context about HeLa cells because I like I know that's a pretty unknown thing. Mm-hmm. Like I was talking about in the car, my mo- own mom who's a physician didn't even know it. So let's talk about that real quick. Um, so Henrietta Lacks was a black woman who had was it cervical cancer. Yeah, in the fifties, went to Johns Hopkins yes, for treatment, so. and then passed. You know, passed due to it. What they found in her cells, though, right? She had consented for them to. I think I believe she had consented for them to use her body for science later. Oh no! Wait, I don't. I don't remember no, that was the issue that she never gave yeah, explicit consent, and then so, when her no, cells were like yeah. immortalized, that they didn't really yeah. have consent. She had immortal cells, and. Johns Hopkins found this and they were going crazy over it. They started sending it to labs all over the world. So much money was made off of her cells in research. And so, so many breakthroughs were made. They made the polio vaccine. I believe they were, they were working with it for the COVID vaccine. They were. Yeah, they were. And now, I, so all this, right? And it wasn't until 20 years later that the family even realized that was happening. And they still and Johns Hopkins to this day still hasn't paid repercussions because it would set a legal precedent that anybody that's you know gone through that and believed they were wrong they had their you know kind of like a family members or their own you know body used without consent can just go up there and just you know be like give me money now so it's. Do you want me to say my opinion on yeah. this issue? Maybe we can get everyone to say there what they feel. As as difficult as it might be to say, knowing after the fact that the HeLa cells were an incredible boon to science and all, I think you have to keep in mind that the basis on which it was found was it was a horrid situation. Like Taymor described it very well, but some of the small details were just that like Johns Hopkins was one of the, I think one of the, if not the only hospital in their area that would have served Henrietta Lacks. What was it? The fifties as a black woman, right? No hospitals would have accepted her. Um, Another situation was their family was, I think so poor that like half the people in their family didn't even have health insurance. Um, And uh, at the time she not only didn't consent for, uh, her body to be used for these cells, but her family didn't know about it until like decades later. So all of the ethical concerns in this situation, as hard as it might be to say in the name of science, this never should have happened. Ethically, it should be some a situation where she is requested to maybe like get, like uh, the sample must have been necessary for something medical, right? Then they find the cells. In that scenario, it should have been like, can we use yourselves for this type of research or this consent or this whatever? And those two parties could have worked out some type of 
compensation deal or something. But my point is that it should not have been allowed to go ahead without that sort of consent agreement. Um, and I want to hear if anyone like disagrees with that because I want to hear if you have. A yeah, point I mean, on that. I, like I Carson, agree, I wanted to hear. What in do you retrospect, feel about it's Henry very easy X? to say like it's unethical and it shouldn't have happened, but. At, at what cost? Like we, we, this is probably the only example that one of the most famous examples that you can see how just how beneficial it was, mm-hmm. you know, to get her cells. You, like you named all those vaccine, like the vaccine works they had done with it. And if it hadn't happened, you know, it would set us back who knows how many years in in medicine um, until they made a discovery like that again. I think that they're still like around. Like her cells are still being used. Yeah, they're they're still oh, yeah. like who knows how yes. far it would have set yeah. us back. But on the other hand, it shouldn't have happened. Like it definitely shouldn't have, or at least now they should. There's, you know, there should be some sort of, you know, payment or, or some sort of compensation to the family. You know, because if if she couldn't have given consent, you know, obviously she'd pass away. So, like, if she never gave consent, and then they started sending this around the world and profiting off of it. It's 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 kind of it's a horrible situation, but you know, the outcome is it. it it helped the science world greatly, but it just, I don't think it should have, it should have taken, taken place like that. Yeah. I mean, my line of reasoning when I'm navigating this situation is thinking like, if, if I were to go to the opposite side and say that like, this was fine because it did a whole lot of good is that then you have to have the, if you support that, then you have to have the mentality of like, Oh, if, Someone like let's say this happens again with someone's I don't know like someone's tumor is uh, holds a key to like a cure for some type of cancer or something like are you going to risk asking that patient for consent and then them saying no and losing out on the research or should we like repeat the situation with Henrietta Lacks I couldn't imagine supporting a repeat of this situation so that's why I would say uh, like a, a, another important point in context is that. Ethics laws have improved a lot since then. So a Henry de Lac situation likely would never happen again. And I'm in support of that. I think that like it, as long as someone is able to give consent for that to happen, then yes, it can go ahead. But if not, then it's science that's like corrupted. Like it's based off unethical means. Um, I wanted to hear what Adam, uh, what what you thought of the Henry Um I'm in agreement with Carson. These discoveries, the discoveries made from the cells, were founded off of a like horrid and atrocious, more or less greed, right? Off of yeah, on the, yeah. on the end of Johns Hopkins, right? Mm-hmm. But the, I, w- I don't want to call it the payout, but the, but the end result for science and medicine is incredible but ethically it's awful like we gained a lot but we also in a way lost a lot right like we won at what cost right so Mm. i don't necessarily know if i can form a stance on it ethically scientifically i'm for it ethically i might have to be against it okay okay so Adam for it, uh, well scientifically for it. Carson, where I, I forgot where yeah. you. So you said you were having difficulty, right? Picking a side on this one. Um. Okay, Tamor. You know, the the shit is done for science as a whole. The the, the the advancements we've had are great. We should not have to get to that point, like this, like 
in the case of Henrietta Lacks ever again. There is no point that it that, that had to happen. I feel like most people would wouldn't mind like giving up a few cells or so in such in you know favor of this. You know, maybe and and yeah, you know, I agree. Like, with, like I, I pretty said, much right, agree with Timor. It is a very very like rare opportunity in the case of Henrietta Lacks. You haven't heard of the case like, you know, you haven't heard of another case of immortal cells, have you? I can't think of any. Can't think of no, any. No, I mean, probably because they're not no. as famous as, as Henry yeah. Lacks for its, you know, dilemma. And also, and also maybe, and I guess playing devil's, devil's advocate to my own argument, maybe they never consented to giving, you know, to giving their, maybe the person with immortal cells is in the grave right now. Hmm. Or maybe he hasn't been born yet. Maybe it's a fetus that got Who aborted. Yeah. <laughs> so many possibilities. Hmm. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, the problem is these hypothetical, as yeah. as fun as they are, they do no good because you can use that as any argument against virtually yeah. <laughs> anything. Like, let's just say you were someone who supported like a, an increase in immigration, and then the hypothetical is like, what if one of the new people you accepted is a mass murderer oh who like, recreates nine <laughs> eleven? Like, th- th- it doesn't. It doesn't really help. But I get nine eleven is a perfect okay. segue. segue. You want to segue to the next? <laughs> oh, ah, yes, Patriot Act. I'll let Carson come. Oh, sure. Yeah. So after after 9-11, uh, President Bush at the mm-hmm. time implemented the U.S. Patriot Act, which was like 16 sections basically outlining uh, and it was it was all uh, classified. It was 16 sections basically outlining that the NSA could spy on the public and and basically collect any information they deem worthy of of suspicion for terrorist acts. And it kind of devolved into the NSA pretty much being in everyone's business and uh, in, in name for the safety of the country. And I think since its conception, two of the 16 uh, sections have been removed, although I'm not really sure what they are. But I know still today they can spy on pretty much whatever they want and take any, oh. any tangible evidence. Now – what a lot of people were nitpicking, uh, especially people in like the, the early ages of, of the internet and you know with its increasing popularity, was our online records tangible because it's specifically outlined in the Patriot Act that it was tangible things like ledgers or you know whatever whatever is you know physically in your house or in, in possession. But online has become like so much more part of people's lives and their property. Is that is that you know worthy of inspection by the NSA? And so, you know, with Snowden and uh, when he came out and kind of exposed the NSA for the Patriot Act and stuff and saying how he was spying on the on people and how it was, mm-hmm. it was unethical, you know, it, it lies this huge dilemma with is it OK for them to to basically spy on on everyone's information in order to protect the country from another another 9-11 incident? Tay, I'm going to let you go ahead. Say what you feel on you this. You think they're listening in right now? <laughs> I think they have the perfect input to do so. Like three brown guys in a private <laughs> private room with another dude. Yeah, that's kind of sketchy. But all jokes aside, I mean, it's basically it's a kind of a basic case of 
if you are if you're really that scared, you definitely have something to hide. Am I? I don't feel that embarrassed for the NSA looking at my search well, history because they yeah, probably see ahead. this every day. Uh, I think it's you know it's I mean? more than your search history. It's it's a it's a combination like it's a combination of profiles like your social media, everything everything you've searched. Yeah, I, you know, they they build a profile on you. Not to sound super like the government's yeah. got us, man, but like they they do. Yeah, they yeah. they build a profile on you. You know, with facial recognition recognition technology, they can build your face. Mm-hmm. You know, like they have yeah. everything on you. I understand that, and I I I don't have anything to hide. Mm-hmm. There is nothing. I'm trans- transparent. So I guess. Well, yeah, yeah, no, actually, finish your thing because I let like, me yeah, go ahead. bring up the play the devil's advocate, aren't you? <laughs> I will, and the reason is <laughs> the reason is just that I I disagree with that mindset, and I'll do it by doing something I almost never cool. do, which is quoting one of our founding fathers, and uh, Benjamin Franklin said, "Quote." Those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve, deserve neither liberty nor a safety. And it's the perfect frame for the argument between privacy and security. And I think the, the line that the NSA crossed after 9-11 and which was revealed by Edward Snowden, which were some of like the most shocking revelations of the 21st century so far, um, okay. were way past the boundary of what we need in order to say we're still preserving security versus going uh, completely overboard. Like, like it got to the extent. Carson is totally right. Like, the amount of information accessible by the U.S. federal government is absurd. It's virtually everything that you're publishing, doing, showing online. And I think that when you do that, you are completely invalidating the original reason for all of this. And what was the original reason behind the Patriot Act? Terrorism, right? 9-11 bad. Let's try to prevent another one. And when you're going to this extent of surveying your own citizens far more than you are of actual terrorists or people of concern, then it turns into more of a question of, is the U.S. government really doing this out of a need for anti-terrorism pushes or is it really out of just a gain for maybe more power or more control and then you get into a whole situation of uh, like big brother and orwellian society in 1984 which i think in the case of the patriot act was like shockingly close to so i i really don't support the the all of the extent that the patriot act went to and to even it's hard to say how to restrict it i mean you could restrict it by saying at least have them mandate that you get a court order before you're able to search up someone's information or find all these details right right now the nsa i think snowden revealed carson i don't know if this is right but i think snowden revealed that they did not have to get court orders for any of this it was completely under the like under the wraps um and I just I think that that is far too much on the scale of s- s- trying to like be the security like fight against uh, terrorism uh, when in reality it's just a huge infringement on everyone's privacy. And the argument that you have nothing to hide is uh, I disagree with that because what if there is a situation where the government does have something that you should be hiding? I don't know if that makes any sense, but if you end up in a situation with an oppressive government. You wish to speak out against them, and then that becomes something that is uh, that can be found on you by like via online. And you say that you have nothing to hide. What if that becomes the thing that you have to hide? And that's not like a 
a, a crazy situation that's like far out in the future. Um, I think it's something that we have to all be mindful for. And um, I, I see it as a dangerous thing. I don't know. Now, I, um, Tamor, go ahead. Sorry for I'm actually pass this on to Adam. On to me? <laughs> on to you, oh, bro. Adam, you. Okay. Pa- <laughs> no, just like, I don't really got much to say like after that. Also, I, I might have maybe, perhaps, no, just dozed off. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll add Change something if, if you don't have anything. I have something I'd like to add on to Vishnu's point. If you afraid. want it, take it. Go for it. Yeah, I was just like to actually, it's more of a, a proposition to Tamor, but like if if you consider you know your your transactions or whatever interactions are in the internet if you, you consider that property or something that you own something that like is personal to you and, and it's technically your right to have the knowledge to right like obviously whatever you buy with your credit card should be like your information maybe shared with whatever you bought it from I'm sure they can have it um and they definitely do take it but what if like you said you had nothing to hide on your internet so like you have no problem with the government spying on them. But what if, like, actually, very specifically now, the government can't come into your property and search your stuff without a warrant. They can't. Mm-hmm. So if you consider, you know, whatever you have online or whatever you have in your profile to be, like, deemed worthy of suspicion, you know, obviously you don't want anyone in your business if you're hiding something. But if you're also not hiding something in your house, you wouldn't want the government to, I mean, at least personally, I wouldn't want anyone to just come search through my house for whatever they want to find, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't, Fourth I don't Amendment. think that, especially at its conception, the Patriot Act didn't take into account the growth of technology today. You know, back in 2001, when, when they first, you know, yeah. established it, they, there was hardly anything going on on the internet. But now that our lives are so like interwoven with social media and online purchasing and, direct messaging whatever emails you know it's 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 the same th- it's the same thing as what you own in your house today like letters that they you know wrote whenever all the old people you know wrote letters and shit yeah i guess yeah mm-hmm. hmm. Hmm. this is the sound is this of... the sound of a defeated man table? yeah this might be the first time on this on this podcast that i've actually had this besides <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because yeah, now I thought about it, right? Okay. And I'm like super, like I'm very, like you know. All right, Tim, we get it. You want to hide your porn on your search history? Okay, goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> you read the group chat, damn it. Okay, <laughs> you read the group chat. But what I was gonna say is that, like, you know, thinking about my own logic, if I'm so like, I guess you know, I can't say completely anti-police, but I'm so vocal about police you know injustice and the kind of the abuse of power they have why i feel like i'd be contradicting myself if i said yeah the patriot act's fine you know what i mean i think uh at mm. at, at the government definitely knew it was something that if it was exposed which eventually it was that it'd, it'd be something that's definitely a hot topic in you know uh, american debate especially because a lot of our our founding fathers were of the idea of like you know own, you own your own property. That's your stuff. You know, like that's that's a large reason of why, uh, at least that we learned in America, we separated from from Britain. It's because we wanted to have our own private personal stuff. And there's a lot of rules in place about, like I was saying, like like I'm wishing you added the Fourth Amendment. So if they can't, you know, search your house, search your stuff without proper warrants and 
and whatever. But when the when they first made the Patriot Act, I think it was it was something. Here, let me. Yeah, it's called uniting and strengthening America by providing appropriate tools required to intercept and obstruct terrorism. And if that's not the most American, like, like nationalistic yeah, sounding thing I've ever heard, and they, they eventually changed it, I think, to the American <laughs> Electronics Communication Privacy Act instead of the USA like, Patriot Act. So they definitely that, added that USA Patriot as like some sort of uh, a boost if it ever got out, you know, about about nine eleven. Because if if you, I mean, obviously it was like a you know very emotional time for American people. So they thought by by publishing something called the USA Patriot Act, it might boost like American morale and you know. Their, their belief in, in our government and their ability to protect us. Yeah, and, and to add on to that, this the, to add on to Carson's point, the Patriot Act was also something that was a, a totally secret program. It wasn't ever talked about in the public, or I think when the top NSA official went to like testify to Congress, he told Congress that the NSA was not spying on Americans, and during that time, they were actively spying on Americans, right? This was in total secret. There, Ideally, you would at least have a referendum or a vote on this stuff, or at least publicly tell it um I, I think those are just it makes it even more unethical if that makes sense um i did want to ask adam though uh after hearing all okay. this, where do you stand have... on the patriot act i'm not gonna say it <laughs> i'm not gonna say it okay so basically my stance on the patriot act is that in today's times, our entire livelihoods, our entire lives are set inside of our, our laptops, our computers, our phones, our, our small our smartwatches, our iPads, etc. Right? Every there's a very, very hefty fingerprint on all these technological devices devices that make them ours, right? So for for government to take that for whatever label that they want to throw on it, be it surveillance, terrorist prevention, anything like that, it's it's almost contradictory to the First Amendment in a way that you kind of live in fear of saying what you want to say on a Snapchat group chat or something or hidden in your notes without it being surveilled, right? That's, so, that's a good point. It's weird. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so we've kind of reached a consensus on this. Um, I does anyone have another? I have a conspiracy theory that I'd like to bring in. (laughs) Why don't we gloss over that one? Okay. Um. (laughs) Yeah, but no one has any other ethics ones, right? Yeah. Because I had an interesting one. Oh. Um, population control. Um, and when I say that, I'm not talking about like Bill Gates conspiracy vaccines. I'm talking about, um, we like, are we reaching a point where we have to start considering, uh, the magnitude of the amount of people that we have today and the impact that that might have on the most critical systems that we never think about food, water, air, et cetera, all those things. Um, and you have situations like where in China, they had a one child policy, you have situations in India where a lot of the country's problems are really stemming from a huge overpopulation issue. So I want to hear from very, everyone on what they feel about weird, this issue. Like, conundrum we're in right now, right? We're like, we got too many people for what we need. We need some room. And of course, you know, we're, we're having our 
some of the brightest minds in the world working on trying to get us off this rock, maybe under the moon, maybe onto Mars, who knows, right? Maybe something will come through and maybe we'll actually end up living on Antarctica at some point. But there might be enough room on the other continents as we, as, as on every other continent as we speak. It's just that how much are we willing to compromise on, I guess, environment in a way? <clears throat> like, there's a lot. Like, how how big is the Amazon jungle? Uh, big. I believe that's the technical term. Big. It's it's in Carson's ter- words, big. <laughs> we could probably fit. We could probably split mm-hmm. New York in half and take some of them and have have them populate that fucking Amazon jungle. But on on the other end of that, isn't yeah. the Amazon jungle like responsible for like a quarter of the the oxygen in our atmosphere? And the recycling, like that's, it, it, the, that's, that's the that's the the issue is that with yeah. overpopulation, and you know, I, I think there's like estimates people have done by like 2100, we'll have like over 11 billion people, which I personally think it'll be higher than that. Yeah, it's gonna be higher. Yeah, be which which I, I think probably more. You know, when you yeah, get to that level more. of people, mm. what do you like? Timur said, what are you sacrificing in the environment? Because you can't cut New York in half and split up those people in the Amazon. Because first of all, like. That's you can't just deport people to like protected yeah, areas stuff like that. Like yeah. yeah. So like uh, you can't there's only so many viable places to live and in, in, in you know, of course you can you can spread to places like in like in America you can see like the Midwest and like specifically like the, the, the mountainous areas between like California and like South Dakota, like all there it's it's not highly populated, but that's because there's not a whole lot you can do there. Like if you, if you tried to build a city in the middle of Utah where it's just desert, you're not going to be able to get water there cheap. You're not going to be able to get electricity cheap. Like it, it's going to be more expensive to produce cities there. And it's, you know, it's, it's not as viable as a place to live as like a coastal city with, with a, with a big town on it already. Right. And it's deeper than just on the amount of land available for people to use. It's also an issue of uh, the amount of food to be produced is uh, a huge drain on the environment, on the land and on agriculture as a whole just takes a huge toll on Earth. And I think there is definitely an inflection point at which you'll reach a point where there might be a cap on global like food production or whatnot. And whether to say that that will like lead to a huge like i don't know like a, a horrible horrible thing that we're like uh, they, billions of people die is not true but my point is that thought, um, right? this adam just texted me or yeah, texted in the group chat his headphones dead his headphones sure. dead so let's like not pick on him and make ourselves seem like idiots when he doesn't say anything <laughs> so yeah just, yeah oh can do okay thank you no worries um, and, and I guess, yeah, the point is that like, there are so many issues now let's try to think of solutions. So the one child policy, um, I don't know about uh, you guys or now you too, cause Adam's not here, but, um, I don't know about you guys, but I did not find that to be a very morally effective solution to it. It's certainly, it's a solution. It's there. I mean, it's definitely a way where you say, if you're able to implement it effectively over like one generation's time, then you're leading to for every two people, there's one person created, right? And then you lead to depopulation over time. But for the time being, the short period of time, huge amount of hardship on families and huge amount of control 
on like in, in America that would never ever ever work, right? Because no family would or no voter would ever consent to that happening. Uh, so I want to hear what are I want to hear Adam's thoughts. You want to come back, Adam? <laughs> can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Oh, he's back. <laughs> All right, so Adam, Adam, this is a very good thought. Ethical or unethical, what would be ethical your solution or, oh, to overpopulation? This reminds hopefully, me of a satire project ethical. I did in AP Lang, but... Um, oh, wait, is it the... The Mars proposal? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, bitch, I'm the one that wrote it. Yeah, and yeah, you better... You better you gotta, you gotta, Am I going to do, do it later us. this year or something? So, like, okay, cool. Get, on the, get in that editing room, boy. I mean... Oh. I think... Um, all right, but Adam, ethics. I'll come up with both. I mean, sorry, non-ethical. My first non-ethical approach. Now, disclaimer: <laughs> Do not do this one. Um, I would say, for the betterment of the advancement of society, I would set in set in place some sort of oh no benchmark intelligence exam. Those who hit the benchmark <laughs> get to live. <laughs> Those who don't die. <laughs> now. <laughs> It's not even natural selection at that point. It's just selection. <laughs> the smart get to live. The smart get to live. Would Ethan survive? I don't think so. Wait. <laughs> Would Ethan live? Would he? <laughs> what if you I made the benchmark test? Like no, I would be alive. I'd be alive. <laughs> so you have to get more than a thousand? Okay. So regardless, no. we can agree that's unethical. All right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very unethical. That's Now, moving on. Yes. I guess my approach, being someone with aerospace engineering uh, aspirations, would be start start the colonization of Mars, start the colonization of somewhere outside of Earth. I guess you know. Yeah, I'm. I, I think that. And do you think that that will naturally happen over time, or do you think there has to be like a a push for it or do you um, think that like people like elon musk will get it done before it's i think late? i have faith in elon musk that things will get done but i do feel at the same time that there might be a push for it just because like just to get the common civilian to like hypothetically pack his bags and move planets right that's gonna take a bit of a push so right yeah and do you, another question. I this is really hope it does. Everyone. I really do you hope think it that'll does. happen within our generation, like when we're old. Mm, I have faith. I I hope. Um, does anyone have any what other? I agree with Adam. One, I like his uh, ethical idea. Does anyone have any other? Both? Yes. yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very non-ethical. <laughs> Like the, this is in line with Adam when you said that like all like yes, disabled people should not be allowed answering to that. Do you remember that? I. And it's hard to come up with an ethical way to tell people ideas. that they can't I mean, reproduce because it, it's like literally your biologically your only goal is to yes, reproduce. Exactly. So I don't see an ethical way where you could limit that. I actually have an adjustment to Adam's. Um, proposition, right? Mm, okay. Instead of them fucking dying, it's a good way to start it. Castration, castration. No, whoa. That's just no. <laughs> that's worse than dying. Whoa. That's worse than dying. That's not better, bro. bro it's, it's, it's gonna be, you know. 
Wait, Taymor like an option to buy into the catch? Oh, no, that's force. worse than death. I think, uh, worse than death. <laughs> I think the NSA <laughs> just added some shit to your profile, Taymor. That's Yo, so bad. Reasons, Mr. No, have... NSA man looking at my camera right now. <laughs> hey, I have a... I have a legitimate idea, and it, there are so many pros and cons with it, but it's totally uh, ethical. You could subsidize people who choose not to have children because right now we actively subsidize families, right? Like the tax credits, um, additional stimulus checks, if you saw that, right? That's a huge thing that we do. You could say, like, what if you were to reverse that and say, like, screw families and just start subsidizing people who choose it is ethical i don't know if that would actually work but it's an ethical so you said just reward kind of like a one-child thing but not like you know limiting the population i guess and then you like what about about, like places you know that are like tax uh, or something like poorer areas where people tend to have larger families you know maybe they don't have access to like mm-hmm. proper birth control or something, you know, that could possibly be harmful. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's a great point, actually. In, in that Now I'll change my idea. See, you're right. That's a bad part of my idea. Another one. Then if you just improve the message to uh, women that birth control and all is easily accessible and to use safe, um, like, practices when, like, having intercourse and all, I think that could help. But that kind of has already been going on in terms of like some education campaigns. I mean, it, you know, what? that's not a bad idea because I know in a lot of states, uh, you know, when in like high school, they teach that kind of stuff or middle school for some states. Um, some states teach full on abstinence, which has proven to like not be effective, right, in limiting, I guess, more population i don't really know education campaigns this and that i don't know if any of them will work they're just like ethical ideas um go for it yeah i don't know this is a tough issue do you want me to do one one more one more issue well i have a whole list um i found i found a website one more uh that's what i was about to bring up like crispr we edit crispr cast genomes didn't you do that you Mm -hmm. you did that thing what's it on um what's Mm. it called yeah. Didn't you do that uh, AP seminar project on that, um, Adam? No, that was uh, I was in the other group. I was in your group, uh, bitch. Oh, 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 <laughs> oh whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, 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 here's the thing. Let me try and focus on because CRISPR is what is it? It's a huge medical advancement, right? Like that's not that super controversial the one that's the main point of controversy is what is perhaps going to be happening and what already happened like once or twice editing uh children's genomes before they are born to enhance certain traits or to uh position certain like to prevent diseases and such uh and i am very split on this one i want to hear because adam is usually the guy on like this type of like science stuff i think it's a great way to begin okay you're for it Um, so this is i think it's a great way to begin to start eliminating like more like diseases that affect third world countries more than they should right like like we have a polio vaccine but we have a bunch of people in third world countries still dying from polio right now this gene editing could start that or just you know give them the fucking vaccine but you know it's a cool way to sort of propose 
ridding the world of some diseases. But there's also a caveat to that that you could mess up and someone's born with like but a only, seventh finger. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, for me, the ethics issues with this are so profound. Like, the problem is once you start, I completely agree. The idea of like, uh, like you were saying, polio, like helping to protect people, great thing. You would save probably millions of lives when you start counting up all the different diseases. But you also have to remember the genome is a lot more than preventing diseases. And with that thought, you could end up easily in a situation where people are enhancing intelligence and such and the problem is that if this technology were to be available there is almost no way it would be equitable meaning that absolutely rich people would pay for this service to have their children be um uh, like like better if that makes sense and this could really lead to a great exasperation in um the difference between like the wealth gap um or things like that i don't know this is a very very difficult issue i don't know um because you could also envision a scenario where like a first world country is totally embracing this and they move leagues ahead whereas a third world country is still kind of like yeah that, that's behind. what i was going to point out that makes uh, sense. It could, it could i want to hear person and class to, well, it definitely absolutely would bring a separation of class to people where the the richer the person is the the better their children are going to be and you know that that would grow and uh, that gap would grow increasingly as as you know generations get older and older and and people who are are better can make more money you know superior physically mentally you know i mean that's that's kind of a given that most of the time if 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 a person is is either physically better or mentally superior to other people they're going to make more money and be able to do that for their children and so on and so on and that would definitely bring a separation of class not only like in between you know more developed countries and less developed countries but even in a country or in a city you know or or in a family that could that could definitely like absolutely alter mm -hmm. like the relationships between people and definitely bring a sense of like elitism to to other people it's it's almost like the opposite of a I don't know which book it was that we read in high school that like the uh, it might have been Brave New World where like you wear chains or something if or, it, or maybe it was like oh, a short story that was a, yeah that was a short story oh, yeah fuck. yeah um, it's like I I, I, it's like a ballerina or something in it Harrison Bergeron Harrison Bergeron yeah 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 that's right? right yeah yeah that's so right. where like it's almost the opposite of where if you're developed you 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 know debilitate yourself to where you're on par with everyone else but it's the opposite to where you can't catch up like there's you just you can't catch up hmm. i see i agree i agree with what you're saying okay, um so that makes sense and then tamor where do you changing your genes so you end up being at the top of gene pool every time sounds pretty cool in practice this shit fails on almost every front wait Every front, yes. Okay, let's start with this, right? Economically, right? Carson already pointed out class divide. Politically, imagine if it, like the government had mandated the gene editing. That's already the government literally a lot of problems with that. But what I was gonna say is that even if they did equalize it, the science behind it. Okay, so let's say you do have to pay a lot for gene editing. I get my genes edited, so I'm like this. Like me, like let's say me and the person I and my significant other just get our genes edited, right? We're all of a sudden these just top top apex. Like we're the we're the alphas. We're apex. We're 
it. We make a kid. Let's say that let's say uh-huh. that kid doesn't get every one of those traits. We're gonna pay more for gene editing. It's even worse if somehow our kid looks deformed. And we're like, well, it's either we you know deal with it and love it like a kid, which I think in my case I would. But if I weren't going to, guess how much I got I gotta drop another I don't know, maybe million editing my kids' genes. So all of a sudden that can entail so much. So all of a sudden you're spending a million, uh, an X amount more on your kid because of, you know, gene editing, which could lead to in some places of lack of generational wealth. And so more people can end up in poverty. I'm going to do something a little bit weird. I'm going to play devil's advocate to both Carson Tamor and I guess myself, and I'll join Adam for a second here. And this is where things get very tricky because uh, think of this in the case of like uh, we have similar discussions with like AI, right? Automation and such. We also have discussions with this with like self-driving cars and all the weirdly things that people have ethical, non-ethical arguments against. And you could easily make the argument in some of these scenarios that it would be best if we didn't meddle in it. And we just stayed still and we didn't have to worry about all the issues because there are a lot of issues. But the reality is a lot different. Even if in the U.S. we say, let's not do this, let's ban it. Countries like China, countries like Russia, countries like any other major foreign country will absolutely 100% power ahead with this. And the risk is that you risk losing out in that case, meaning that uh, they might... Uh, pass these laws and say this is legal and end up gaining all of these benefits and uh, totally warping the situation. And in that like scenario, I don't know if I would be like for banning this. I don't think that that is the right way to go on this. Would I say that there should be uh, restrictions in place, meaning that like the average wealthy family can't just get access to this, whereas the poorest family cannot. I think that would be fair. But I think research on this has to continue to develop, right? I'll I'll make the similarity between this and the AI argument. People argue against AI because, uh, and when I say that, I mean literally anything with AI, like self-driving cars or stuff like that, automation as a whole, because they say you would lose millions upon millions of jobs, which is true. But if you don't move ahead with automation, AI, etc., you will end up losing at the end of the day on the global stage, meaning that other countries have already will start to and have already pursued these things, and they will end up ahead at the end of the day. Um, I don't know, Adam. Do you uh, do you What's agree up? with me on that, or do you disagree on that point? Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> I said here. that. Uh, well, uh, actually, no. I'll add something. It, Carson, uh, it, it's something that you could make. Uh, I don't know if illegal is the okay. right word, but but uh, against the rules on on a on a, a worldwide scale, you know, something something that's part of like like uh, you know, you add to like a, a UN type law to where it, it, you can't alter your people to be absolutely superior in some way. <laughs> to prevent that because obviously it would hurt countries that are not like us russia china you know those big co- india like these big countries that have you know a lot more resources than smaller countries you know so i think it's something that you could make on a, on a worldwide scale is like we all agree we, we can't do this 
mm -hmm. uh, because it would be harmful to countries around the world and essentially the world in general, you know, the more d divisive it gets between classes. And I don't know if it's something you'd go to war over, probably not, but, you know, it's something you could definitely set rules on a, on a worldwide scale to like all agree this is, this is wrong. Which it wouldn't. It I, wouldn't, I hope that that would go perfectly in an, ide in an ideal scenario. I think that, yeah, yeah, that's my worry is that like things like that are like wary and you never know. So, um, uh, yeah, Tamor, what about you? Hmm. Do you agree or disagree? Wait, give me a second. I, like, hold on, I'll be right back. I just got my name called. Is he switching again? I don't know about being on to you. Okay. Okay. Hey, Adam, let me explain. Did you hear what I said? You so how's your day, Vishnu? Adam? <laughs> my, my day was good. Um, I played tennis with Tamor. He seems preoccupied at today, the moment. Uh, or bros today. Adam was going to come, but uh, he was very tired. Um, he seems very preoccupied at the moment. Yeah, Adam, are you there? Sorry. Yeah. Well, um, oh, man. He died. Uh, yeah, right. sorry. I just we gotta wrap this up soon, though. So. Oh, Tamor's back. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Adam's doing basically what I'm about to do in like five minutes. So. Yeah, you're sure. He's he had to go eat. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hmm. This I issue, mean genome I guess ethic. I yeah. Where do you do you do Not you agree with what I said or do you disagree? Not fully. I guess. So you're sw I hate okay, switching sides. So basically, this is me saying like. Yeah, I'm probably gonna think about this some more. Maybe I'll, I'll probably listen to this whole episode again and just think about it. Okay. Yeah, ethics is so widespread. This is why I said at the beginning, you have to take it issue by issue, right? Like some things in this episode I was kind of like against and then others I was in favor for. Some things I was in the middle. So... You could have so you could literally discuss for hours on like I didn't even get to like so many different ethical issues I I like our automation and such. Um, I had fun though. I hope Carson, did you have fun? Did you like this? <laughs> okay. Um, well, Adam isn't here, and Tamar has to go, but yeah, that's fine. Is... Um, I hope I, I like, like how we all kind of changed our views a little Yo, what's bit going on some out? issues. This was really wow. good. Wow. Um, so yeah, bro, I go go go. Uh, he's dead. Go Adam, we're ending. <laughs> thank you for having me. Man. All right, just we'll just say bye. Well, thank you, Carson, for coming on. Um, of course, and again, thank you to Adam and Tamor for wait, coming wait, wait, on. Wait, 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 um, wait, Adam, Adam. Wait, all right, wait. thank you, you all who, for anybody who's still listening. Okay, so basically, next week, no George Bush oh, did nine oh, eleven, so he could push the Patriot Act onto the United States. And then have this oh, leeway no, 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 to no. surveil everyone. Okay, okay, all right. <laughs> you have a good week. Oh, oh, we no. chose violence for today, baby. Okay. Right,